are good to go. With more of the Matt Wyatt Show. Coming to you direct and live. Look at here. Look at here. Here we go. Hour number two of the show, Off and Running with You. I'm Matt. Staying connected to you because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire, customer inspired. Check them out at cspire.com. Latest deals and offers. iPhone 15. Need to get my hand. I never did get the 14. And now I've waited long enough to see the 15. And I think I'm going to try to get one of those the legal way by going to C Spire instead of going and busting a window at the Apple store and just looting it. But hey, I digress. I'm here. Beaver's here. We're all here. We've got the whole gang, and you can be a part of the show. Yeah, I hope you will. Comment on the Murray West live thread. If you're on Facebook or YouTube watching the show, just comment right there and pop it up on the screen, see what you got to say. Go to murraywest.com, contract embroidery company right here in Mississippi, going all the way back to 1996. If you need uh, custom apparel with your logo on it, embroidered, printed, something, Start right there. Trust me. Go to murraywest.com. It's M-U-R-R-Y, murraywest.com. So on the YouTube live thread, Will says, the NCAA plus all the schools knew where this was going for years. They could have managed NIL if they prepared, but they'd rather die doing those things the old way than adapt and survive in the new NIL landscape. Well, Will, this goes along with a text that, that I got right here from Matt. Matt is in Brandon, and he says, Matt, do you think a cap on NIL would be possible, or would it work? Okay, so those are really two different questions. One, would it work? Two, is it possible? Because if it's possible, it's got to be able to be implemented. Okay, so that's the deal. And let me touch on that real quick. These are my clear thoughts on it. Would some sort of cap on NIL work? My answer to that is yes, it would work for a little while until players at a certain level formed some type of union and began to do what pro sports do, right, and do collective bargaining and, and those kinds of things and raising caps and, you know, and just basically all that kind of stuff. And it is very complicated to even go down that road to think about it because you do have the education aspect of this. I have myself asked questions of people in person and on social media, and I have a hard time getting a straight answer. I can find a lot of people who are even experts in this space, you know, either legal professionals, former legal professionals, where they cover the sports and all that kind of stuff. And you ask them, I've asked them, when all this stuff shifts and changes, eventually does what it's what's going to happen to the education model? Will players still be required to attend classes on a campus or online and maintain a GPA and graduate and those kinds of things? What's going to happen to that? Well, I can't get a straight answer. So that stuff's up in the air. But would the cap work? Well, sure. Yeah. Now, is it possible? This is what I think, Matt. To put some sort of manageable cap on quote-unquote NIL, two things have to happen. First, 
Two big, massive leagues must form. What's been going on so far? Yep. Slow migration. Like cattle coming to the pen. So one at a time. Here they come. Here they come. One at a time. We get one. You get one. Pretty soon we got all the cows in two pens. One right over there and one right over here. Now we manage this thing. When you have what is going to be one big humongous power league that used to be the SEC and another big huge power league that used to be the Big Ten, and there they are. Anybody with any power and any TV leverage, there they are on those two sides. Five leagues or become four, four leagues become two. Whatever the numbers are. Okay, once you have that, now you have enough of a sort of leverage monopoly on one side. That's the side of the schools and the leagues and TV where they can then say, all right, the two of us, let's just say hypothetically, the commissioner of the SEC, the commissioner of the Big Ten, they sit down being charged by their universities and they come up with an agreement. We both will put this particular cap on it. This is our cap. You abide by it, and we abide by it. And unlike NCAA rules we used to have, ha, 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 back in the old days, unlike NCAA stuff, we actually want to abide by these standards. It's best for us to abide by these standards and this cap. Now you don't have to worry about anybody being rogue and going and doing their own thing and getting players you can't get because you've got a cap and they don't. So, Matt, you say, do you think a cap on NIL is possible? It's not right now because you can't get what's left of the Pac-12, what's going on at the quote-unquote Big 12, what's happening at the ACC and the Big Ten and the SEC all at the table to agree to something. You, don't, you can't even, right now, as it stands right now, you can't even, as the SEC or the Big Ten, either one, let it get out there publicly that you're actively lobbying for a cap. Because why? Your schools still have to recruit, quote-unquote recruit. You don't want the image out there that you're against paying the players. But once you get it down, it may take years, once you get it down to two big, massive leagues, it'll be just like what? The NFL. With more teams, it'll be like the AFC and the NFC. It'll be just like the NFL in what? And that the owners of the NFL look out for themselves and their teams. And what's best for the goose is best for the gander. So they look out for the league and take care of themselves. What? Salary cap. Protect the TV product because we have a draft. The worst team gets the best players. We make it competitive. Even Cleveland's fans get excited in the preseason and buy what? Tickets to preseason games. All that stuff's coming. And what I don't understand is whether or not the, the educational model is still going to be tied to it down the road. As these schools are basic, I mean, as these teams are basically going to be entertainment and revenue arms of these universities. Entertainment, revenue, and marketing arms of the universities. That's what they're going to become. Not that they aren't that already. It's just they're still tied to the educational model because these schools are in the business of education. So your question, Matt, seems really simple. Do you think a cap on NIL would be possible, and would it work? It seems simple, but to answer it 
you know, authentically. Yeah, it would work. But it's not possible until you finally get it down to two big leagues that have everything. And then those two agree because it's best for them. We'll see what you think about that. Shoot me a text. I got more to come to. Uh, Thibodeau on the Divinity Equipment phone line. Thibodeau, it's good to hear from you. What's up? So, you made a comment before the break that uh, the NCAA is basically dead man walking. And I agree with that. And I've thought about that for a while. Even before conference realignment stuff was going on, I was like, I feel like one day enough powerful people are going to start pushing back on the NCAA. But here's, here's where I'm going with this. And I think you were starting to touch on it just a second ago when you were talking about the two big conferences. Mm -hmm. So if the NCAA goes kaput, somebody better real quick and real fast and with some real brains start governing this somehow. Yeah. Because what you're going to end up with is no more one and done in basketball, which I'm fine with. You're going to have kids going from high school to NFL without the requirement of going to college. You're going to have kids trying to play in college for five, six, seven years because now there's no mm -hmm. rule yeah. to be enforced saying that they have to. They can only go four years. You mm -hmm. see, you see where I'm going with this? Yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. You know, like a whole lot of a whole lot of governance, right? Not just making sure players aren't getting paid too much, but a whole lot of actual rules and enforcement are going to go away yeah. without the potential replacement of it. Yes, you know, like well, and Thibodeau, you, I just kind of look at it like. I was just going to say, it's an excellent point. And let me, let me interject this, and I'll give it right back to you. It's an excellent point that you're bringing up. Look at it the way the NFL is. It's only 32 teams in the NFL, and each has an owner. Those owners sit down together, and they agree right. to be governed. They agree on what the governance is. They agree to be punished if they have people in their organization who get outside of those guidelines. And the owners agree to all of it. They police each other. They agree to be governed. What you have currently, we have moved towards a model now where everything is really spread out. Nobody is really aligned except these pockets of conferences that are slowly adding teams, but we are still spread out across the country. And you can't get everybody to the table to agree to be governed right now. But at, right. Some, at some point, they will. Because then they'll, once you get enough people on my side and your side, now we can get everybody to the table, and it only takes two to agree. Now they'll get it done. See, I, I completely agree with you, but what I'm saying is this is happening at a, at a fairly rapid rate. So I hope that there's some people somewhere that are much smarter than me and you yeah. that have already got some kind of plan saved in a document somewhere because... <laughs> I'm not against NIL, and I'm not against the transport portal. But what I am against is it felt like this just got handed down without anybody thinking it through. Yeah. And I'm afraid that trying to do away with the NCAA is going to get done quickly without people really thinking it through. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? I do. Somebody just texted the show, and it said, hashtag Thibodeau 2024. So I guess that you got one vote at least. 
Chief. I'm well, not taking that job. <laughs> they don't pay. They don't pay nuts. I got you. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate it. Good to hear from you, Thibodeau. Yeah, and I have a good one. You too, and I I think you're I think. right on there. And that's just kind of the direction that I see it going. It's kind of like going, you know, th- there's just a certain amount of aligning everybody on one side or, of the line or other instead of different groups and pockets out there with the conference model you've had. Uh, there's something about it that they, you know, once it becomes a big college version, for football it is, a big college version of the NFL where you've got like an AFC and an NFC type of deal. And then effectively each school represented by its president, it's kind of like having an owner. They all sit down and they all agree to be governed, you know, to what is best for them. But they will then agree to things that, you know, open up the revenue lines. All right. And and who knows how – Thibodeau seems to think that it's happening fast. Um, who knows how fast it actually comes to fruition, but that's the way it's headed. All right, Todd texts the show. He says, I think Ole Miss's run game would be better off if we didn't do as much RPO because it feels like Dart is pulling the ball when he should be handing it off. Then when he finally leaves it in there, they keep <clears throat> they are keying on him because it's a run. Well, Todd, this is what I would say. That is handled by coaches. When they call an RPO that has a read in it, if that quarterback doesn't make the read based on what the defense does, it would take about two or three times of that, and they're going to jerk a knot in his tail. Not They're not going to wait till the film session either because they're watching it live and they know. So you just have to look at it this way. <clears throat> Why do offenses have a read built in, like a zone read or an RPO play anyway? Well, it's so that the defense can never be right. Right? That's why you're doing it. The read is to put the ball somewhere where they aren't. It's not about running what you want to run. It's about giving yourself the option to run what's best. If the defense is taking away your run game, you're going to take the throw. If they're taking away the throw, you're going to run it. If they're taking away the run by the running back, then the quarterback's going to run it. If they take the QB because he's a better runner, you give it to the running back. <clears throat> That's what it's all based on. And in an offense like that with a lot of RPOs, if he's pulling the ball, this is what it tells me, that even though Judkins is hurt, that in the first four games of the year, based on his reputation, other schools have game plan and said, hey, you make that quarterback keep the ball. <laughs> or, you know, it's not that simple, but it's, you know, you get this look, you're on this side, they come, you know, the back's uh, on your side, meaning the zone run or the RPO run goes the other way, but if it's a keep, he's bringing it to you. Well, you... You go ahead and step down because we want that quarterback running the ball, not that running back. You know what I'm saying? Defenses do that. It's just not as simple, Todd, on any offense as, hey, uh, we don't run it well because our quarterback won't hand it to him. He keeps pulling it. Well, if he was pulling it and wasn't supposed to, that'd last about a quarter and they put somebody else in there. Thirty-five-year-old Ed says, "Just have a salary cap like the NFL does." Exactly, Ed, and contracts. Where's my bell? (laughs) 
And contracts. Ding, ding. And that's like the biggest issue you have in all this stuff is basically you have a pro sport where the participants are paid. It's like a salary position, but by because of the nature and the makeup, you can't have a binding contract. Well, the NFL does. So the NFL has a salary cap, but what also do they have? Contracts. And players have agents who negotiate those, try to get the most favorable terms. Because why? You're locked into a salary cap. And if we're going to stay in a model where you can't have contracts with the player, we got to pay the players, but we can't sign any sort of binding document, then what are we doing? It, and that's, it, that won't last long. No model in any, I don't care how much money different people are making, after a period of time, okay, if one side has every bit of the leverage and the other side almost has none, then it won't last. It just will not last long. And so that's what point they've got to get to is where, you know, a point where you you got a model that allows you to have contracts. And Because even before this NIL stuff, a lot of the arguments was, hey, open up the transfer portal. It's fine for players to up and leave because coaches can up and leave. If the coaches can do it, the players should be able to do it. Well, there is one difference you have to discuss if you're going to have that conversation. So many of our mushy-headed media won't bring it up because they don't have the depth to think of this think this way. The coaches have contracts. <laughs> the coach is under contract. Last year, if Lane Kiffin had bolted to Auburn, oh, well, Lane Kiffin's a hypocrite. That's what they said about him, right, when he complained about what a disaster this whole setup is. Oh, well, Lane Kiffin's a hypocrite because he flirted with Auburn last year and held Ole Miss's feet to the fire. Okay, well, if he had gone to Auburn, guess what? Auburn was going to pay a massive buyout. A humongous <laughs> debit transfer into Ole Miss's bank account. M -m -m Millions of dollars. Because why? They had him under contract. So don't tell me that a player deciding to transfer is the same. It's not. There is no buyout. Because you can't sign them to a contract. You need to be able to sign them to a contract. And so if we're going to be real-life pros and we're going, money is going to exchange hands for services, then doggone, you got to have a written agreement. In what world don't you have a written agreement? And it's not so much like there's some <clears throat> overall idea that everybody has to abide by. It's just that who in their right mind would continue to hand over, to hand over money to somebody for a service and just pay them hand over fist and not have any sort of binding document to protect yourself. Nobody can last in business that way. <laughs> Nobody can last that way. Oh, okay, we got, we, we've finally gotten down to the bottom of it. Thibodeau has just texted the show in the country, please, and text line and says, I can confirm that the hashtag Thibodeau2024 text was from my cousin. <laughs> okay. He got you. <clears throat> That's his way of picking on you, saying you're trying to sound smart. I thought it was smart, honestly. <clears throat> um, Jason in Flagstaff, Arizona, Texas show. He says, That's tragic if they eventually get away from education. He said, everyone I know growing up in really poor North Mississippi 
who got any kind of college either went to the military like I had to or played something for the school outside of uh, the handful who will get rich in college, the rest would be crippled for life. Well, and, and that's it. I mean, you know, the knowledge itself and the education is something nobody can take away from you. The JB, my man John Bond. What's up, JB? He texts the show, and he said all these conferences all have governing bodies. He said, I've always said the SEC should break away from the NCAA. We have our own bowl deals and TV deals. We don't need them. When we, yeah, and here's the thing about it. Okay, yes, but still you have an element right now of no one single league because of the climate is going to go over here and say, look, we're taking our ball and going home. We'll do our own TV deal. We'll do our own stuff for our schools. And, oh, by the way, we're going to actually cap NIL, and we're going to manage it, and we're going to make it the same for all the schools. Because what? Then what's going to happen? If the SEC said they were going to do that, what's going to happen? George is going to go to the meeting and go, hey, 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 uh-uh, no, you're not either. You do that, and all the best players are going to Ohio State where they don't have a cap. You can't do that to us. See what I mean? That's why I'm saying it's got to get to the point where you have two big super conferences. Everybody's aligned on one side or the other. Then those leaders sit down with each other and go, okay, we're both going to do the same thing, right? Right. We're both going to dominate this thing. Right, right. We're both going to use the same cap, right? Right. And off they go. That's what that's what will have to happen, or else we'll just ride it out like we are right now <laughs> for a while. Just getting started, hour two. Stick around. Isn't it great to be alive today? Isn't it great? Man, we have so much to be thankful for. Thank God for life and family and friends. Thank God for hope and a future. Eternity in heaven. Hallelujah! Put your hands together. (laughs) So much to be thankful for. All right, I'm Matt Beavers here. Speaking of... Let us check in, shall we? Hello, Beav. <laughs> hey, Matt White. How you doing? I'm all right. How you doing? I'm just right. I think the biggest, most important question out there today is that question about dogs that I sent you earlier on a text message. Mm-hmm. Dogs have four legs. If they could wear pants, how would they wear them? Like underneath on all four legs, or just on their rear end on their back legs, like a human. What's got you know? I I, I devoted a lot of thought to this. This was very important. It is important, yeah. Okay, they're meant to cover pants with long legs. Are meant to cover our legs. Yeah. Well, we only have two, but since dogs have four, still needs to cover their legs. So I'm going all four. Mm-hmm. Which looks weird, you know. Um, but I agree with you. How you? It doesn't seem right Wait. to put pants on the dog's back legs and not on the front. There's a third opinion here in the studio. I can't yeah. hear him. Let's see. 
Is it Bill? Hey, I, Bill. Uh, yeah, yeah. I say, I say, you put the pants on the back two legs, and you put a shirt on the front two legs. Oh, but then see, with a belt, with a belt in the middle. Okay, but then you're saying that the front two legs aren't legs; that they're arms. They're arms. Well, that's. I have a problem with that, Beaver. I need your opinion. These are four-legged animals, not two legs and two arms. I kind, you know what? I kind of <laughs> took that into account too, because a lot of times. When they, you know, they stand up on their back legs, they use them like they try arms. to get up on the kitchen counter, yeah. Yeah. using use them, them like, like arms. arms, but they're still technically feet, legs. Okay, but they're, when, like he says, they they will shake with you with your front paws. That's a hand, like a hand. Mm-hmm. See, mm-hmm. and then get up, like he says, get up at the table and put their paws on the table and try to get food from you. Yeah. Hey, listen. Uh, let's check. I'm going to check in with our audience right now. Here's here's our audience, guys. Here they are. I'm kidding. I am actually very much <laughs> I'm very much intrigued by this. Hey, Bill, since you're here though, I want to share something with you, Bill, while I've Who got you. Who said I was here? <laughs> well, I think you're partly here. Okay, go Since ahead. you're here, you know, in, in person, not necessarily in spirit. But <laughs> since you are here. Uh here you go. On this day, all right, on this day, September the twenty eighth, nineteen seventy six. Yeah, it was just a few months before I was born. The 100th episode of this show aired on CBS. Hot lips. Come on over here. <laughs> so you have... Hey, Frank Burns. Frank Burns. All right, so it's MASH. The 100th, 100th episode of MASH aired on this day on CBS back in 1976. Radar Riley. Okay, so you had Radar. You had Clinger. Clinger. Hot Lips. Frank Burns. Okay, Burns was played by. Uh, he just passed away a couple years ago. Yeah, uh, John. Uh, well, there was there was a second guy that did Winchester. Okay, that's know? who I'm thinking of. I think. Yeah, Winchester maybe. was actually the Frank Burns was the one that had the hot hots for hot lips. Okay. And I can't and then, remember. Larry Linville. Larry Linville was his name. Larry yes. Linville. And then yeah. who was the main? Who was like the sergeant oh, guy? The old uh, guy. Well, the old guy was Colonel Potter. Colonel Potter, yes. He was the second one, but then there was the first guy, McLean Stevenson, played. And, you know, he went off to, he actually got uh, sent home, but he was killed in a plane crash on the way to Japan. Really? Yeah, that, that was in the show, and they were all sad. And, and they are all and, sad. So that was a yeah, part of Yeah, he, because he, got, he got, uh, got out of the Army, was headed home, and got killed in a plane crash on the way to Japan, McLean yeah. Stevenson's character. Yeah. And then Colonel Potter came in. Okay, gotcha. Hey, I've got one more. I want to see... If um, either you or Beaver can recognize this one, Beaver's got a glazed overlook talking about mash. I don't yeah, he's a. Like, when Beaver heard 1976, he, I mean, it might he as went, well be World oh. War II. You know, this might as well be Civil War <laughs> history Civil hour War, right yeah. now. <laughs> 1976, it's ancient. What? <laughs> you got to uh, roll. This, Beaver was around for this one, okay? Oh, okay. So the first episode of this show aired. This day, September 28th, 1987. See if you recognize it. Any, any guesses? Well, it's a space space show, and it's called uh, Star Trek Voyager. No, Star <laughs> Trek The Next Generation. That's it. Way to Star go. Star Trek The Next Generation. Way yeah. to go, Star I just watched it. I just watched it last night. Did you really? As a matter of fact, watch one of them, yeah. All right. Was Star Trek The Next Generation, was that the one that had 
the guy from Reading Rainbow with the funky sunglasses yeah. on? LeVar Burton LeVar and Burton. Captain Picard. Captain Picard was on it and uh, number one. So number so LeVar Burton's character on Star Trek Next Generation didn't have eyes. He just had like a... Yeah, he was blind, but he used those special goggles so he could yeah. see. Okay. And he saw really strange things. But eventually, you know, later on in the show, they actually figured out a way to give him sight again. And they didn't oh. have to wear the goggles anymore. Yeah. Okay, that's more than I knew. You know, Whoopi Goldberg was on that show, too. Beaver, did you watch this show, Star Trek? Nick, Nick yeah, I saw a lot of it because my dad used to be real, real into it. He into would watch it, it all mm-hmm. the time, so I, I couldn't help but see it. Okay. What was the one with the lady captain? It was um, Star Trek. Was that Voyager? Voyager, yeah. yeah I think you a, said she, that a minute ago. The, yeah. the lady captain, yeah. That's what. You know, I, I get it. So I wasn't big into the, you know, the, the sci-fi stuff. Like I, as a small kid, I watched a little bit of the early Star Wars stuff, and that was pretty cool then. But then I did, but I never did. I don't know. I couldn't get mm-hmm. into Star Trek. I don't know why mm-hmm. I couldn't get into it. There was another one too. You know, Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Deep Space Nine. That was a space station. Deep Space Nine. I didn't realize we had all. It was those part Star of the Star Trek. Man, they did tons of those things. Yeah. Okay. They actually had one with. Uh, they had one that was a, like a prequel thing that had Captain Kirk in it, but it was played by. What's the guy's name? It was Quantum Leap, and it was on NCIS. Oh. Uh, Scott Bakula. Scott yes. Bakula played Captain Kirk in it. We talked about Quantum Leap a while back. I, was, I used to love that show. They got a new version of that now. Yeah, and I'd heard it yeah. wasn't as good. I didn't try to watch it. Now. Nah. Oh, the newer stuff is okay. Uh, Beaver, here's one for you that you did something and said something yesterday. Now it was off the air, but it would have, and I and I mentioned it on the air, but it would have been perfect if this had aligned like yesterday and today. But this is today, today, September 28th. Beaver is National Good Neighbor Day. Now I bring up <laughs> home improvement. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The thing you just did, Bill, yesterday Beaver gave me his version of the Tim the Tool Man Taylor grunt. I want to hear this. So, Beaver, not to put you on the spot, but let's hear it. That was an actual uh, casual conversation that you and me were having. Okay, and so now that not- it's. Now you're trying to get me to do stuff on command, and I refuse. And okay, I'm watching you, too. It. I don't think he wants to do well. Well, look, it. I get it. I, I, I respect. He could, I, he, could peek, he could peek over this monitor right here and do his Wilson. He really could, couldn't he? I mean, like, I, I totally respect Beaver's, you know, uh, what, are we, what are we saying here? He needs, he's going to maintain his right to refuse right here. I, I get it. Like, I don't like somebody telling me, hey, Matt, tell me that. Tell that joke that you told it there. Or make, tell that joke. Tell that joke, man. Yeah, you know, make that noise you made. Okay. But National Good Neighbor Day. So instead of doing the grunt, Beaver, uh, Bill already did one. I need three things that are characteristics of any good neighbor. Ooh. I need three characteristics of minding any. Minding your own business. All right, Bill, number one says minding your own business. Okay, so that basically not being too nosy. B, are you okay with that mm-hmm. one? A good fence. Beaver's not okay with that. <laughs> well, is he a, why does he have a nosy neighbor? He's thinking. No, he's thinking right now. He's, he's thinking, I think. All right, nosy neighbor. Nosy neighbor. Uh, let's see what else. I think he's trying to come up with one. I use both of his good well, ones. I'm, no, what I'm doing, I'm trying to wonder when... When Bill was in here every day with you, Matt, how yeah. did you ever get a, a full sentence or or thought or question out? 
was quiet a lot until he asked me something. <laughs> That's funny. I'm trying to move you along. Can we go well, ahead and move this look, thing along let's here? just say it like it is, okay, Beaver. You don't spend, you know, the the length of career in something like radio, like Bill has, unless you have the gift of gab. Okay, gabby, gabby, and and Bill has it. All right, so. So, Bill, Bill, you gave me number one. Beaver, I want one from you. Bill gave me, you know, mind your business, don't be nosy to be a good neighbor. I need another it, characteristic of a good neighbor. I like that. Don't be nosy. Stay off my lawn. When you go out of town, I don't, maybe, maybe they look after your house a little bit. Absolutely. Get your mail for you. Pick up your yeah. mail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 100%. Newspaper? Oh, they still have newspapers? 100%. Oh, no. And then number three, um, I would say don't throw your whiskey bottles in my yard. There you go. <laughs> That's actually an old joke I used to hear. They'd say, you know, the definition of a good old boy is he doesn't throw his beer cans in your yard. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so that's some pretty good ones. Real C gave us a list here on the country police oh, text line. My man, Real C, he says, number three characteristics of a good neighbor. Number one, they have a nice pond. Ooh. Number two, they, they have land that they don't hunt. And number three... They're a state fan. Good neighbors. Three characteristics of a good neighbor. All right, Bill, thanks for stopping by. Yo! Heidi ho neighbor Bill. Heidi ho neighbor. <laughs> More with you when we come back. Stick around. Hey, Matt. Matt, are you still there? You must not be there. I was going to ask him something. You know, yeah, he must have had particular. It's showtime. Let's go. With a Matt Wyatt show. Ready to talk sports the Mississippi way with you. So get in on the conversation and tell him what you think. All right, back with you. A little bit of time left. Here in the Bureau, uh, Will comments on the YouTube live stream. He's on the Murray West live thread on the comments thread here. And he said, big football game tonight, Matt. Who do you have winning, Packers or Lions? Is this, uh, if this really is the Lions' year to win their uh, north, they need to win this game. Yeah, they do, don't they? And don't you know that, for example, they were pulling for the Saints this past weekend. I think the Lions are an overall better team. Don't you? And I like their coach. I like that guy. I don't know. Look, it's time for something different. You know, we had all those Packers teams who were always right there, including winning one Super Bowl with McCarthy and Rodgers and you know, the lines have been down and they never won anything and all this. And You know, it's time for us to have a Thanksgiving in another two months where we're watching a Lions team and game that really matters. Right? It's time for that to happen. I think the Lions are a better team. I'll go with the Lions. What do you think? Let me know. Now, uh, Beaver, we kind of got under Jonathan's skin a little bit. He has texted into the country pleasing text line and says, We got Bama versus MSU 
and we got LSU versus Ole Miss. And Matt's going to go with, hey, Beaver, if a dog wore pants. <laughs> and then he said, it made me kind of miss Eubanks' old show for a minute. <laughs> Ubi! You see, Ubi tell him I said, hey. Yeah, I mean, it was a quick aside, Jonathan. Okay, it was just a quick aside. I mean, and, you know, it's a two-hour show, one hour and 48 minutes of hard sport, hard-hitting sports. Ought to at least get me one aside every now and then where Beaver and I could talk about it. if a dog was going to wear pants, how would he wear them? <laughs> All right? Thanks. John, uh, my man John Bond, he told me that Mass was based on a doctor's story from Mississippi. Now, that I didn't know. I had no idea. I wondered if we see White Denzel, you were listening that day. He said, Poor widow Jonathan got his feelings hurt. <laughs> he said that dog conversation was fantastic. And then he says, Relax, little buddy. Or you could say, sit, Ubu, sit. <laughs> Good dog. <laughs> <clears throat> Yeah, so Thursday, you know, you got what? One NFL game, um, which I think we just covered there. Packers Lions. Where is that game being played tonight? Okay, so it's at Lambeau. Yes, yeah, uh Lions are actually favored. So this will be the game tonight that you can turn on. Uh watch it on Amazon Prime. Hear the even though he's lost a step, he's getting older, you know, and we it's gonna happen to all of us, hopefully. But Al Michaels, the iconic voice of Al Michaels, when he says good night or good evening, you know it's football. You know it's NFL football. And he'll be up there with, in our experience here lately, Kirk Herbstreet, who is like an audible sleeping pill. Like, Jeez, Louise, give me some energy. Give me something. Or just let Al do it by himself. But anyway, so Lions at Packers tonight. Lions are two and one. So are the Packers. I don't. I still don't know how Green Bay won that game against the Saints the other day. How they win that game? Better, better stated. How in the world did the Saints lose that game? I still can't figure it out. And then Thursday night football tonight uh, for college football. You got several, but as far as I'm seeing here, you don't have any ranked teams tonight. Uh, you'll have a 6.30 game on CBS Sports Network. That is Middle Tennessee at Western Kentucky. Uh, Drew Hollingshead, the former quarterback's coach under Mike Leach at Mississippi State, is the offensive coordinator at Western uh, Kentucky. He's a young guy, you know. And uh, they're 2-2. Two and two. They won. They beat South Florida 41-24. Beat Houston Christian 52-22, but then they've gotten roughed up the last two weeks. They lost to Ohio State 63-10. That's a road game. They went on the road to Troy and lost a close game 27-24. They're in Sunbelt play. So they're going to host Middle Tennessee. And I would think that, you know, Western Kentucky would, would be maybe the favorite in that one. Tonight at 6.30 on ESPN, you've got Temple versus Tulsa. Tulsa's offensive coordinator is Steve Spurrier Jr., who was the receivers coach all those years for Mike Leach, and including up until last year. 
they his offense put up 42 in the season opener against Arkansas Pine Bluff. And I remember covering that way at a quarterback change in there and all that. Um, and and they're they're not running air raid. Steve Spurrier Jr. He had them in tight ends and RPOs and running the quarterback and everything. They dropped back-to-back blowout games against you know ranked highly ranked Power Five teams. They lost to Washington 43-10. They lost to Oklahoma 66-17. But they turned around and won last week, beat the Salukis of Northern Illinois 22-14. So Steve Spurrier Jr. and the Tulsa Golden Hurricane. It's not Canes. It's not Hurricanes. It's the <laughs> Tulsa Singular Golden Hurricane. They are 2-2, two and two and they're playing tonight on TV at 6.30, if you want to watch that. And then on ESPNU tonight at 7, you've got Jacksonville State at Sam Houston. Jacksonville State has moved up a division. They used to be, you know, 1AA or FCS. They are now up. They are Conference USA. And they're 3-1, and one, in fact. Sam Houston's 0-3. So Jacksonville State's going to go on the road out there most likely win that game. Uh, Jacksonville State has wins over UTEP, 17-14. East Tennessee State, 49-3. Lost to Coastal Carolina, 30-16, and they beat Eastern Michigan 21-0 last week. Um, went right through there. The uh, Aniston slash Oxford area east of Birmingham. I was coming back home from Columbia, South Carolina on Sunday morning and drove right through there, right past the sign. It's a pretty part of the, that, that Oxford, Alabama area. It's a beautiful part of the state. And uh, signs right there, Jacksonville State. And I don't guess, you know, until I looked at this that I actually realized that they had jumped up to, you know, FBS and Conference USA. You also have some Friday night games. Now, we can talk about these tomorrow, but I'm just kind of putting it on your plate, giving you a heads up. You got some Friday night college games. Uh, tomorrow night at 6 on ESPN, you got Louisville at NC State. Tomorrow night at 8 on FS1, 10th-ranked Utah at 19th-ranked Oregon State. That'll be a good ball game on a Friday night. Uh, 8 o'clock on CBS Sports Network tomorrow night. La Tech is at UTEP. And then late tomorrow night, 9.15 on ESPN. So that's 9.15 Central. And that would be 7.15 Pacific out there. 8.15 Mountain. Cincinnati at BYU. Cincinnati's two and two. BYU's three and one, including one over Arkansas. That's tomorrow night. So you got some Friday night games to take a look at. Let me see here. Got a text on the country pleasing text line from my own personal official visit host on my official visit to Mississippi State not too long ago. <laughs> my buddy Matt Caldwell. What's up, Coach? Matt's a big old boy. Okay, he's a big one. How big old boy are you, Matt? He says, former Mississippi State offensive line coach Rick Trickett is the O-line coach at Jacksonville State. He is in his 50th year of coaching offensive line. And I'll say this. Okay, so he coached at State, and Matt, you guys played for him a little bit. And he'd been everywhere else, like I think Auburn, you know, and Florida State. I will say this. It's just my observation. There is no assistant coach, no offensive assistant coach ever 
that has been quoted more and had more stories told about him for the last 50 years than offensive line coach Rick Trickett. <laughs> that's, that's my experience. I don't think I've ever met him, but apparently I've come across lots and lots and lots of people who either had a run-in with him, a fight with him, <laughs> or played for him or coached for him or something because everybody has stories about Coach Rick Trickett. And how about that? That man's coaching offensive line at Jacksonville State, and they have moved into Conference USA. And they're playing well. Shut somebody out last week. So that's uh, they're on tonight. I may watch a little bit of that. So interest all the way around. Of course, high school football, some tonight. you got some. I haven't looked at the schedule. We'll have a whole full slate of it tomorrow night. I may actually uh, venture out to watch a little bit of Tupelo hosting West Point tomorrow night on the blue turf. And they're in my hometown. That'd be a good matchup, won't it? Yes, sir. And then sleep in on Saturday morning, catch up on some sleep. No, I ain't watching game day. Why would I waste my time? There'll be minutes I'll never get back. I'll do something else Saturday morning and then leave later for the ball game, play an 8 p.m. game on late Saturday night. All right, y'all. Appreciate you tuning in. Thanks for all the comments on the Murray West Live thread, your texts, your calls, everything. For Beaver, I'm Matt. In the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio, Farm Bureau, go with the home team. See y'all tomorrow. See ya.